Let's begin our gospel service by singing the words of the hymn 597. <coughs> 597. Who, who are these beside the chilly wave, just on the borders of the silent grave, shouting Jesus' power to save, washed in the blood of the Lamb, sweeping through the gates of the new Jerusalem. two sections here singing on verse 4. These, these were they who end the conflict dire. That's your note, okay? But you are going to sing with the music, amen. Same verse.
preceded marvelous words, I'm sure you'll agree, that day when sin, pain, and death, sorrow, these things that afflict us on this earth are all over. That time when we're happy now and evermore washed in the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray together with that note of victory. <coughs> Lord, we have been brought just now to contemplate glory. Think of that which is ahead of the people of God, the end result, the great destination. Lord, we're thankful tonight that we're saved. The sin that condemned us put away. We have a saving, vital, living relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who came into the world for us to be our Savior. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb, the blood that has cleansed us, washed us, taken our sin away, removed it as far as the east is from the west. That blood that speaks better things than that of Abel's, it has spoken for us tonight. Remission for sin, pardon and peace with God, forgiveness with God. Oh Lord, we're glad, those of us that are saved in this meeting, that we are underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that our sins, which were many, have been washed away. There's coming a day because of what has happened in time. First of all, in the Savior that came to put away our sin, but then practically for us, that moment that we turned and sought Him, and we're brought savingly to Him. There's coming that day when we shall be like those that we've sung about tonight, sweeping through the gates of the new Jerusalem, washed in the blood of the Lamb. And we know that that is the reason why we will be there. No other reason. Not because there was any good thing in us, because there was nothing. Not because we were better than any other man in this world, for we were not. Not because we were well connected to some great family in this earth or great nation in this world, but all because of Calvary, the cross, the blood, the Savior who did it all. Oh God, we're glad that we're in Christ and the condemnation is removed. We feel tonight for those that do not know the Lord. They're still in their sin. They're under the wrath of God. They are condemned already, as your word says. They're on the broad road that leads to destruction. They're going down that way, and the end result will be hell forevermore. But we rejoice there's still a way for them to be reconciled to God. There is a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. And they can avail themselves of that opportunity. They can come to know the Lord. For all we know, and Lord, you, you know all things, this might be the night when God will speak and hearts will be touched, minds enlightened, Satan defeated, sin too, and sinners brought to the victory of the cross to know their sins forgiven. Oh, what joy there would be in our hearts if some soul here sought the Lord but what mighty joy in heaven 
Jesus tells us there is when even one sinner repents. Might be so here in Hebron tonight. And Lord, we pray that this will be the experience throughout the country. We're always conscious as we meet here, there are other places where the Word of God will be opened and the gospel will be preached and souls will be encouraged to seek the Lord. The warning will be given, the invitation extended. Lord, we pray that in those places too there will be a drawing unto Christ. For it is the answer to this country with all our sin in the nation, with all the, the backslidings of our people. And Lord, we look at the nation and we see more heathenism than Christianity. But the answer is God to work, revival to come, sinners to be swept into the kingdom, changes to be brought to lives and families, even communities. Lord, you're able to do these things. And so meet with us now in a very powerful way and do us good. Help us to sing with joy in our hearts and praise unto God for Jesus' sake. Amen. 453, a pilgrim was I and a wandering in the cold night of sin that I roam when Jesus, the kind shepherd, found me and now I am on my way home. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. Let's sing it with joy in our hearts. <clears throat> Let's rise to sing.
lovely hymn. Takes a wee bit of effort and a line or two to get up to those notes. I'm not too sure how high it goes. Way up to E. All right, everyone will know when you get to E, you've gone a brave way up the, the scale. And we always rely upon those that can hit the notes, especially our ladies. I, I just... Um, sad that I didn't learn the one that goes sort of below. Is it alto or does it go down? It goes down and I could maybe sing the alto part when it comes to the high notes. But a lovely hymn and it's good to think about the mercy of God and the goodness of God to us and how it follows us every day, every day of our lives. We can say that as believers. Can I welcome you to our gospel service? It's good to see you all and those that are with us tonight on Sermon Audio, Facebook, and YouTube. Refreshments will be served. It gives an opportunity for those who are able to stay just to enjoy a little time of fellowship, the one with the other, and that will be out here in the fellowship area. Tomorrow morning, the Hebron Tots meets at 10 o'clock. Tomorrow night is a very special meeting for our members, and that is the election of elders, and we've been much in prayer, and I know that you have. You've been much in contemplation, so let's continue over the next number of hours until tomorrow night to seek the Lord on behalf of this church that God will direct our people tomorrow. On Tuesday night, the senior, Tuesday morning rather, the senior fellowship will meet at 11 o'clock. If you don't know what this is, it is what it says. If you're a senior, you fall into that category. It's a time of fellowship for you. Just a little informal time when you come in, some good things are prepared for you to eat. Um, we just have that little hour together uh, twice in the month. We're, we're glad that we've been able to get it started again. Then in the evening, youth challenge for the children at 7 p.m. Tuesday night and Wednesday night, I would appreciate prayer for we are in the will of God in Dremore. They're having a Bible week this week and some subjects being dealt with. And I've been asked to speak on evangelism, more personal evangelism, winning souls to Christ. On Wednesday morning, it's this Lagan Primary School. And on Friday afternoon, it's called Crow. I think I said Carrea. I did say Carrea this morning, but it is called Crow at one o'clock on Friday afternoon. We want this church to be in prayer for the school's ministry. Thursday night is the midweek at 8 o'clock. And then on Friday, it's the open day for the school. 3 o'clock through to 7. Any time between those hours, you can come, get some refreshments, encourage the teachers with your presence and the children that will be there. Friday night, one of our elders, Mr. Jonathan McCauley, will be speaking to the young people at 8 o'clock. Just a few more now before uh, they go out on an evening to give out the, the gifts to the seniors and then break up for the Christmas time and nothing then till after our missionary weekend. On the Lord's Day, we come right here to the fellowship area to pray. And these are always good prayer meetings and we encourage you, if you can, to attend. Eight o'clock is the time. Sunday school is 10.30. Bible class, quarter to 11 and the worship service, 12 noon, and the evening, the gospel meeting at 7, preceded by the time of prayer. I want to remind you again that Let the Bible Speak calendars for next year are available 
They're four pounds each. All the proceeds go to LTBS. There's a special memorial service for Dr. Bill Woods. It'll be held on Sunday afternoon, the 3rd of December at 3.30, down in the Martyrs Memorial. If you require transport uh, to this service, there is a sheet at the door. Put your name on it so that we can count you in. Christmas dinner again, the, the, the sheets are there, and you want to get your name down and be part of that on Wednesday, the 20th of December. I'm mentioning again the school's carol service, scheduled for Friday the 8th of December, 12 noon. The whole thing, including feeding the children, will probably last about an hour and a half. So we will gather here in the church building, we will sing with the children, and then there's a buffet lunch that will be laid on for them. I think there's been a good response for help, but if you didn't get to see my wife and you can help, then please do so. We have purchased, so it is in the past tense now, 500 selection boxes for the schools, carol service, the youth challenge, Sunday school, and anyone wishing to help, there are gift envelopes down there, and you can make your contribution. These are all the announcements, always subject to God's will, but now we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord as we sing together, 613. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I'm bound for the promised land. Just try your best to sing it, and if you are saved, you are bound for the promised land. Let's even look as if we are. If you're singing, I'm bound for the promised land, I'm going to heaven. There ought to be a joy in your expression and a real thrill in your heart that is well with you. Uh, sometimes when we sing, we're, we're more bound for something of a more mournful place, but uh, we are going to glory. 
and we're, we're making this appeal, oh, who will come? And if we have got a mournful expression, we're not going to invite people very well to go to glory with us. Oh, who will come and go with me? And I want everything to, about the very person of my Christian life to be appealing, saying to others, will you come with me? Will you join me on the way to heaven? For I'm bound for the promised land. With that word of encouragement, we'll stand and we'll sing. Amen. Thank you. turning to this beautiful Psalm 23 to read these few verses of Scripture as we approach our subject tonight, which will be in the fourth verse particularly. Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thy anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow together once more in prayer. <coughs> Lord, we always take this moment to pray because we sense our need, we feel our weakness. It's not by human might or human power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And therefore, we are totally reliant upon the power of God at such a time as this. We've read your word. In the word of God itself, there is might and power. And Lord, as we proclaim it, we've already reminded ourselves in the prayer meeting tonight that this gospel that we expound is the power of God unto salvation 
to everyone that believeth. And so we're dealing with powerful things, a powerful scripture, a powerful gospel. And praise God, an all-powerful God who is able to save to the uttermost all that come. Lord, we need to be equipped now. Give us the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with power. Give me utterances in the Holy Ghost. And apply your word to every heart that's here. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Yea, though I walk <clears throat> through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you were reading Daily Light on Tuesday evening, the 14th of November, the readings there highlighted some of the Bible texts that speak about death, or at least present to us a picture of what death is. It began with the searching question that is asked in Jeremiah 12 and verse 5, how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? I preached that text in November 2011 in one of the Brazilian churches when Dr. Bill Woods was the interpreter. Our sister Anne, who was with us on that occasion, my wife was there too, uh, reminded me that just those years ago we presented the gospel in that text to the Brazilian people. Brother Bill, who was my translator. Well, he's crossed the Jordan now. And of course, he did well. How wilt thou do? Well, we can say Dr. Woods did well in the hour of death, and he's with Christ, which is far better. The text from Isaiah 43 and verse 2 was in the reading also. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And the same thought, as you can see here, is in mind the same kind of picture that is illustrative of death, going into the, the waters, going into the rivers. You have thought about the Jordan, the crossing of the Jordan, how will you do? And now we're told here in this text, when we pass through the waters and when we enter into those rivers, the Lord has promised to be with his people. Daily Light also recorded the words of our text here in the Psalm 23 and verse 4. I have attended a number of funerals recently, and not least Dr. Bill Woods. I was at his bedside when he was transported to glory on Monday the 6th of this month. And at the graveside, I read from Revelation chapter 7. He was buried on Saturday the 11th of November at nine o'clock in the morning. And I couldn't help but think of the, the Lord's dear serpent when I was reading Daily Light on Tuesday. Indeed, I couldn't help but think of all the redeemed of God when I read this verse from Psalm 23, verse 4. This psalm is probably the best known in all the world. It has been read and sung, I'm sure, millions and millions of times in the homes of the sick and the dying, at the bedside of hospital wards, at funeral services, and at gravesides. I read this psalm one time when a dear saint of God actually did pass into glory. I'd gone to visit her. I knew that she was very ill, and as I was reading this psalm, 
she breathed her last. Very possibly when I was reading this verse about going into the valley of the shadow of death. It has brought comfort and support to countless multitudes in the dark and the dismal times of life. See, it Spurgeon said, it has charmed more griefs to rest than all the philosophy of the world. It has remanded to their dungeon more fenon thoughts, more black doubts, more thieving sorrows than there are sands on the seashore. It has comforted the noble host of the poor. It has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the heart of the sick, of captives in dungeons, of widows in their pinching griefs, of orphans in their loneliness. Dying soldiers have died easier as it was read to them. Ghastly hospitals have been illuminated. It has visited the prisoner and broken his chains, and like Peter's angel, led him forth in imagination and sung him back to his home again. It has made the dying Christian slave freer than his master and consoled those whom, dying, he left behind mourning. Not so much that he was gone as because they were left behind and could not go to. Here we are brought to the shepherd and the sheep. And that shepherd we know is none other than our blessed Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Psalm 22, and we've told you this on a number of occasions, we have the Savior. You read that psalm and you, you cannot but think of the cross. In fact, some believe that Jesus quoted Psalm 22 when he was dying at Calvary. Psalm 24 leads us to the sovereign. He's the king, exalted far above all. But right here in between the two Psalms, 22 and 24, we have this beautiful 23rd Psalm, and Christ is the blessed shepherd of his beloved sheep, his purchased people. He's the good shepherd that giveth his life for his sheep, as he expounded himself in John chapter 10, which is all about the shepherd. He is the great shepherd whom God the Father brought from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Hebrews 13 and 20. And he is the chief shepherd who shall appear one day and give to his people a crown of glory that fadeth not away. 1 Peter 5 and verse 4. One day we shall cross the river. The Jordan will swell and the waters will rise about our feet and we will be swept away in the current of death. And the great eternal question is the one that was in daily light standing there at the top. How wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan when you come to die? when you come to say farewell to this world, when that parting moment arrives and, and God says to you, your time is up. <clears throat> it's your appointed day. It's the day of your departure. How will you do? Death is the last 
enemy for the Christian. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Lots of enemies to face in this life, and the final one is death itself. And beyond that, not one more enemy to face. But death will usher in horrific consequences for the Christless and the godless who die in their sins. It will be absent from the body and present in hell forevermore. The unsaved will close their eyes in the sleep of death here in this world, but they will open their eyes in the torments of a lost eternity, and their eternal destination will be sealed forever. So it's good to ask the question, in the light of our text that we have in Jeremiah 12, how wilt thou do? You tonight, personally, how will you do when you come to cross the Jordan, when you come to die? That's the question. As I take you to my text here in Psalm 23, verse 4, I'm going to tell you how the child of God will do Christian who knows the Savior, the Shepherd King. What David declares in this song of all songs is the testimony and the experience of every single believer in the hour of death. May these words comfort you tonight if you're a Christian, and may they challenge you if you're not. You're here in this meeting and you're unconverted. I want you to feel the burden of the text. I want you to be challenged by it because you see, you cannot, you cannot speak these words. May you desire the testimony of David and every Christian and may you come to experience it through salvation tonight. I want you to notice as we take this subject, the valley of the shadow of death from Psalm 23 verse 4, that there is, first of all, darkness, because it is the valley of the shadow of death. And this is the first, and I think the only dark note in this beautiful psalm. Up until now, David describes the wonder, wonderful provision of the shepherd, the green pastures, the still waters, the paths of righteousness. And then he goes on to declare the wonderful truths of Christ's presence and comfort, a prepared table, a head anointed with gladness, a cup that runs over goodness and mercy following him all the days of his life, and then ultimately dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. But here is a dark note in the song as David brings us to the valley of the shadow of death. It's a valley. It's not a mountaintop. Why don't we want to live in the mountaintop all the time? If we're honest, we don't want valleys, you see. We don't want to enter into dark experiences, and there are many for us to face. No, we all, I believe, we want, to, we want to be up there in the sunshine, in the mountaintop experience, just really enjoying life, enjoying the Christian life and walking with God without any trouble to face. But the valleys come. And you know, it's a place where we are hemmed in. 
The valley suggests that we are, we are hedged, we are surrounded. There's many a thing that, that might encompass us in this world. And you might be there tonight. You might be just surrounded with some dark experience. Because it is a dark place. It's a valley of the shadow. And death can be such, even for the believer. Think of the pangs of death. Think of the struggles so often experienced when we come to die. Think of the feelings and the sensations which often accompany the individual as they leave this scene of time and they pass into eternity. Think of the human fears that are so often there. We have told you that death is the last enemy for the Christian, and so it is. Death is an enemy, but it's the final one. Even though it is a dark place, it's a shadow, never forget there is no hurt and there's no danger in a shadow. A shadow cannot do you any harm. The shadow of a lion cannot devour you. The shadow of a dog cannot bite you. The shadow of a scorpion cannot sting you. The shadow of a sword cannot pierce you or cut you. We can rightly say as we face only the shadow of death, it is because Jesus has taken the full reality of death in our place. And that's why it's just a shadow. There's darkness. But you know, there is stillness. I walk, says David. I walk through the valley. There's no hurry. There's no flurry. There's no scurry. Or whatever other words you can rhyme with that. None of that at all. The believer walks through. My friend, that speaks of calmness and peace and tranquility. Matthew Henry, he said, it is but a walk in this valley, a gentle, pleasant walk. The wicked are chased out of the world, and their souls are required, but the saints take a walk to another world as cheerfully as they take their leave of this. Enoch walked with God. I mentioned his name tonight. I know he didn't die. He didn't go to the, the valley of the shadow of death. But when I was thinking about this walk, I thought of Enoch because he walked with God. And so often we, we say that there came a day in the middle of his life, people lived long then, but he just lived really half the time that the others lived, his contemporaries. It came the day when he was out walking, walking with God. He walked with God. That was the testimony that he had. And you know, as he walked with God, he just, well, he just walked on into heaven with God that day. When we come to die, when we come to leave this scene of time as a Christian, that will be so for us. Yes, we come to the shadow, but there's a great stillness because we're just walking into the presence of God. Death is the king of terrors, but not, not to the sheep of the Lord. The unsaved often tremble at the thought of death. It will be a stormy, tempestuous passage into deep darkness for the lost soul without Christ. 
but the Christian is walking. I want you to see that tonight. Walking with calmness and ease, for it is well with them. There will be a holy security and serenity for the mind and the heart. Jesus has taken the sting of death away. He has. So we can declare in the words of Scripture, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? One day with great stillness we're going to walk to glory. Praise God. Then I want you to notice that there is a blessedness. And what is the blessedness? Well, I see it in the word through. We go through the valley. And the word through is a very important word. The valley is not the destination. We're just going through it. We're going home. Home to glory. Going home to heaven. Heaven is before us. The presence of Christ sitting in his, uh, sitting in his eternal majestic throne. That, that's the goal for the believer. In Horatius Spafford's hymn, it is well with my soul. He penned those wor words, but Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest, O my soul. Oh, dear child of God tonight, I want to remind you that we're going by and by to the palace of a king. We sang it this morning in the early season of prayer going by and by to the palace of a king. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to be able to sing about the blessedness that there is for the child of God. You don't get stuck in the valley. You don't stay there. You don't get lost there. No, you're going through to the other side, which is the glory land, the land that is fairer than day. But then fourthly, there is fearlessness because the psalmist here declares, I will fear no evil. There are many human fears that we face in this world. And Satan would have it so. You know, our God, through his son, Jesus Christ, came to give his people peace. And we have peace. Peace through the blood of the cross. When the Lord was standing in his resurrection days, he spoke the same word to his disciples when he said, Peace be unto you. The Lord wants you to have peace in your heart. I tell you tonight, the devil wants to disturb that peace. He wants to steal it away and take it from you as a child of God. And you know the flesh, which is another great enemy, to you and I who are believers, the flesh is weak. Despite every dark association with the valley of the shadow of death, David could resolutely say, I will fear no evil. Because he knew that he was under the special care and protection of the shepherd. Even in a fearful place, fears can be, be banished. Peace can be given. And the passage to the better land can be all victorious. I know this, for I have sat at the bedside of many dying saints. Some of them had disease. Some of them were, were old and 
Well, they were simply coming to the end of life and the, the organs of the body were beginning to shut down. But I tell you this, that despite what was going on physically with them, there was a great peace, a great contentment in their hearts and in their minds because they knew the shepherd of, which, of whom we have been thinking about tonight. And so whenever we come to die as a child of God, there is a difference, a massive difference. The little boy snug in his mother's bosom on the, the stormy sea fears not. The little girl hiding in her father's strong arms in times of apparent danger can be so confident and strong. And those of us that have fled to Christ for refuge Praise God, we're hiding in him. And thus we're able to come to a place like David, I will fear no evil. Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed. I, I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. There is fearlessness when we come to the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. And then I want you to notice, <clears throat> fifthly tonight, that there is gladness. And why is there gladness? Because David could say, Thou art with me. Thou art with me. Makes a difference. <clears throat> Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And this is so precious. Many a dying saint through the ages has been comforted, strengthened, and warmed by the thought that the Lord, the wonderful <coughs> shepherd, will be there to convey him or her safely through the valley. It's the presence of the shepherd that eliminates the fear of evil for the sheep. <coughs> no, matter, no matter what the circumstances are, when you come to die, loneliness friendlessness, suffering, pain, doubt, uncertainty, the presence of the shepherd is the consolation of the believer, of the sheep. The hymn writer said, I must have the Savior with me, <coughs> and his eye the way must guide till I reach the vale of Jordan, till I cross the rolling tide. Then my soul shall fear no ill. Let him lead me where he will. I will go without a murmur, and his footsteps follow still. I will never forget the daughter <coughs> of Mr. and Mrs. Mahoud, who lived in the village of Portavogie when I was the minister there. In fact, their little bungalow was right next door to the church. It's not there anymore. Uh, the church purchased it and it was demolished. It was an old building and used for driveway and car park and so forth. But I will never forget the daughter of that aged couple. She was just in her early 50s and she died with cancer. And I can remember the story. She lived in Newton Ard. She, she didn't go to the free church. She went to another church, but she was a believer. And she was suffering with brain cancer and was admitted to hospital in those last days and hours of her life. I can remember how she talked to her children as a Christian would, 
for children that were obviously adult children. Encouraging them that were saved to walk with God and those that were not to get right with God. And then we're told how she went unconscious and for many, many hours she was unconscious and well, the family were there at her bedside waiting for her to die, but then she, she came out of that sleep just for a little time. She opened her eyes, she looked around the room, she smiled at her family. And then she took her husband by the hand and she said, hold my hand for the Savior is holding the other and he's coming for me now and with a joy and a brightness in her countenance she fell asleep in Christ what a way to die you see the shepherd was there the presence of Christ was there the Lord was there I don't know what she saw I don't know what she felt for I wasn't there but I do know that what she said is the experience of the Christian when you come to leave this life the Lord is there. And that story doesn't stand alone. It's the story of so many of the saints of God when they, when they come to die. When I come to leave this life, if I have a deathbed, and I'm not guaranteed, none of us are a deathbed. We might die suddenly, so a deathbed will not be our experience. But when I come to die, if I have a deathbed. I think it would be lovely to have the family there. I think you should live your life as if you will die suddenly. You should live your life with your relationship with your wife, your husband, your children, all others in the family, as if you're going to leave and not see them again. So there's right relationships there. There's nothing for you to to make amends with or put right. But I think that when you come to die and your loved ones are there, I'm speaking from what I feel, you would just love to talk to them. You would love to have your final conversation with them. You'd love to exchange those, those final words, whatever they might be. I think you would want to encourage your children to walk with God and to keep going on with the Lord. And if there are any that are not saved, you'd, you'd want to encourage them to meet you there in glory, to get right with God. You'd want to be able to speak to your wife, your husband, and have that exchange even in your dying hours with them. That might be a lovely experience, but it's not the important thing. The important thing is to have the Savior there, the shepherd of your soul, who has promised to be there when we come to die. And in the experience of David, he knew that he would be there. <clears throat> because it is Christ that makes the difference. I was so privileged just those couple of weeks ago to be with Dr. Bill Woods, and my wife was there as well. David Gibson had come to the hospital, and we were there in his dying hours. A privilege and an honor. But you know, it wasn't me that Bill Woods was looking for in the hour of death. It was the Savior that he had served for 60 years in the land of Brazil. And I know that Bill could speak these same words. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mention is made of the shepherd, 
the shepherd's rod and his staff. And these were, were instruments used by the shepherd to gently lead the sheep and protect them from potential predators. And such descriptions just simply reinforce the reality that the Lord himself will be there in the hour of death to direct our steps, to comfort our hearts, and to fully protect us from whatever enemies might be there to beset us. These are descriptions that are given for the comfort and the reassurance of every believer when you come to die. And I think we've all rejoiced in the wonderful truths of the Psalm 23 and not least this fourth verse. But my friends tonight, what about you who are not saved? You're out of Christ. You don't know the Savior of Psalm 22. You certainly don't know the shepherd of Psalm 23 and nor the sovereign of the 24th Psalm. And you're out of Christ without a Savior. And you cannot, no matter how much you stretch your imagination, you cannot speak the words of verse 4. You cannot say when you come to die that I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, because the Lord will not be there. He's not your Savior. He's not your shepherd. He's not your sovereign. And so how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Not too well. Darkness, dreariness, destruction, hell forevermore. It's not the way to die. The way to die is in the victory of the Psalm 23. Being able to say in your heart, the Lord is mine. He's my shepherd. And I'll not want. I'll not want for anything in this life. I'll not want for anything in death because he's going to be there. And I'll not want for anything in eternity because I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can make a change tonight that will bring you to know him. That's her prayer. That you'll have the same confidence when you come to die that David had and every believer that has ever lived on this planet has enjoyed to know that Christ is there in the hour of death to lead you safely into the waters, deep, dark, though they might be, yeah, the valley of the shadow of death, but safely through to the other side which is heaven. Let us pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful testimony of David. We have rejoiced in it hundreds and hundreds of times. And Lord, it's still as fresh and it's still as powerful. It is still as comforting as it ever was. We thank you that when we come to leave this life, we can speak these words with confidence. Every one of us saved by grace tonight. But there are those among us who cannot, and they do not have the assurance of sins forgiven, and it is not well with their souls, and Christ is not their shepherd tonight. Lord, bring them to the place where their testimony is with great confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, so that they can speak the words of our text, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. When they come, to the valley of the shadow of death. Hear this our prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 230 is the closing hymn. Life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf, like 
the binding of a sheep being time. Fleeting days are telling fast that the die will soon be cast and the fatal line be passed. You need to be in time. If you don't know the Lord, come to know him tonight. And if we can help you, that's why we're here. Thank you. Father, you have brought us to the valley of the shadow of death. You brought us there as a believer in confidence and victory. But Lord, for those that do not know thee, it is certainly not this. Continue to speak on. Help sinners to be in time. Help them to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. Dismiss us now with your blessing with the word of the Lord living on in our minds and our hearts to do us good for Jesus' sake.
Amen.